0: better roll. With, like, I'm like, <laughs> Ready? Okay. This is Haley. And this is Bailey. You're listening to Unleashed. So I read a
1: statistic that said 56% of people would rather sit next to a dog on an airplane than a baby.
0: Traveling with your dog is honestly so much fun, and I didn't know how fun it could be until I started traveling with Huddy.
1: Right? I really think that it's a very understated, understated, underrated—I don't know which one would be (laughs) underrated—thing you do because people often think that traveling with a dog would hold you back and prevent you from seeing or doing things. But I think it's actually quite the opposite.
0: I think a lot of times people get nervous about traveling with their dogs, and that's where it can maybe look like it would take the fun out of it but once you do it I think you realize how fun it can be and I think it's just really preparing for traveling that can make it that much more fun because I feel like the first time before I traveled I was so overwhelmed with what it was going to be like and then I did it and I was like wait this is so fun but I think that's where maybe that can come from also just that fear of the unknown because there are so many unknowns when you're traveling with a dog.
1: I totally agree. It definitely can be very overwhelming in the beginning. Like my first time flying with Olive by myself, I had a panic attack and I didn't board the plane. Like I was we were about to board and they were behind schedule. And I wasn't able to like get all my stuff ready and like get her ready. And then I wasn't able to really say goodbye to my husband because he was taking a different flight. And I just full on freaked out. And I just froze and I started having a panic attack right in the middle of boarding. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die right now. And I ended up not getting on the plane. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just missed my first flight ever. I want all of to be calm. I mean, she was chill, but I know that they can like pick up our senses when they smell stress. And so that made me stress and did not help. But I mean once I really got the hang of it, it did become very normal, casual routine and a
0: lot of fun. But even in those moments, like looking back on it, like, yes, that was a really hard moment then, but everything, you know, with Olive was okay. And you guys were able to leave and figure out a new situation. And I think that's really what I had to work on for me when I went into it was knowing, okay, if something doesn't go as planned, we're okay. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to just, we'll reset, like, we'll, you know, whatever it is. And I mean, I've had, you know, I've, boarded a plane one time and Hudson just like you said like there wasn't enough time and I got stressed but Hudson didn't not feed off my energy he was definitely you know overwhelmed also because I was like trying to get him in his carrier and get him zipped up quickly and then he was all frazzled and he's like what are you what are you doing if you go into it knowing those things can happen but To give yourself enough time sometimes or to just be okay with things not going to plan can help because I love things going to plan and that's just not how it always goes.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so true. My dad always told me growing up when we would travel, you need to plan for something to happen. Every time, nothing ever goes smoothly when traveling, and it's true. Every time I've traveled, something's happened, whether if it's related to Olive or not. Most of the time, it's not, but you always plan for something to happen, and you just have to go with it. And there are things you can do to really prepare and prevent some of those things that can happen when it comes to traveling with a dog. Like training is huge, like and preparing them, especially with their carrier. I will, I cannot emphasize that enough. But there are other things you can do to help prepare yourself, your dog, and making sure you know what your plans are, what airport you're in. There's so many things you can do to really feel prepared for that first flight. Or even if it's your 80th flight, it doesn't matter what, you can always try to be prepared for something coming. But sometimes you just can't prevent the most bizarre things from happening.
0: I think that's one of the things that really pushed me to share a lot about when I was traveling with Hudson, because when I went to look for things about flying with the Frenchie, it was just not clear. And I was so confused when it was my first flight and I called the airline and I was getting different answers. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? What is the right thing? And then I went into it with a plan, but knowing things could happen. And from there, I just started sharing my experiences because I felt like that would help others and maybe their experience is going to be different, but then they can have like a little bit of an idea of what it might look like when you go into an airport with a dog. I think that's really
1: cool that you were able to take your experience and then turn it into something you can share with your followers. That's the same thing that I do too. And I think it's really cool that we both bring such a different perspective because of the type of dogs we travel with, I know that like it's different for like a golden retriever. The bigger dogs traveling is totally different scenario than the little dogs. But like you have a Frenchie, which are called I think brachycephalic. I butchered that, but I think the, the snub-nosed dogs. And then I have a Cavalier, which... It can fall into the snub-nosed dogs category, but it's definitely not the same as what you probably experience with a Frenchie. And seeing that, the the perspective it brings for both of our audiences and the differences is really cool because your experience with Hudson, I'm sure, is totally different than what I experienced with Olive.
0: And that's why I love even talking about it because we've experienced different things at airports or, you know, we've experienced different interactions with different people. And I definitely have seen a lot of people being like, wait, you can travel with a Frenchie. And I'm very like, you need to do what's best for your dog. You need, you know, like I took cuts to the vet before and was like, are you, do you feel he is good to fly? And then I made, of course, the best decision for us. And I made sure I was prepared going into our flight. If something were to happen, what to do and see if like anything changed when he was flying. Um, But I think it's such a confusing thing because so many people think you can't fly with a Frenchie. And I think that comes a lot from one, you can't put them under a plane. They can't Mm -hmm. be transported like that. So I think that one is kind of confusing because when you're looking on the website, it does have like French Bulldog written out on a lot of things because they can't go under a plane. And then in Europe, it does get a little more complicated with Frenchies. So I think with there being so many different rules, depending on where you are, where you're going, and all those things, it kind of makes the like Frenchie slash snub-nosed dog a little bit of a confusing topic if you don't know what you're doing or you haven't done it before.
1: And the thing I really noticed, too, is there's a lot of controversial information out there, whether if it's with a Frenchie or not, and it gets confusing and it gets so overwhelming. And it's like, where do I go to find the right information? Because I've even found that going to the airlines, they don't always know what their own policies are. I mean, JetBlue... You wouldn't believe they allow their dogs to you can buy them a seat but they have to be on the seat only during the flight it can't be during takeoff or landing they have to be under the seat in front of you but they have to be also be in their carrier they can't be out of the seat but when i went to confirm that with JetBlue, they had no idea three of the four workers i talked to had no idea and it's on their website and they're like oh well if it's on the
0: website then yeah that's what's so confusing because I've had people like I travel with Delta a lot and somebody you know reached out saying oh I just talked to somebody and they said you can't fly with your Frenchie and I was like did like something change? Like, you know, I just looked, it was like, I just traveled with Hudson. So I was like, I'm just going to look really quick to make sure, you know, maybe something did change. And I was like, no, like it's right here. Like nothing changed. I even reached out to somebody at Delta, asked them to confirm everything was still good and everything was good. So it was just like they got the wrong person. But right there, if that's your first time traveling, you've never seen somebody's page of them traveling with their dog. You've never heard anything. You're just going to maybe take that first answer and walk away and be like, darn, that's a bummer. You know, instead of trying to really figure out because when you ask somebody who works somewhere you're like oh I trust their answer and I think a lot of times they're just as confused because I think flying with your dog changes a lot with each airline like they change their policies all the time and Yeah, all the time. (laughs)
1: All the time. I'm always checking the websites to make sure I'm always giving the update information. And it's
0: like, what? I just changed that. (laughs) Like, you're now requiring a health certificate. Son of a nutcracker. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's so confusing. And I think that's something I always make sure to even share my posts. Like, this was my experience during this time because things do change, and you know, it can. A lot of things can come into play with that. And. I think that's what's so great is like being able to look it up, but it is so confusing because I get so many messages and, you know, you travel with a bunch of different airlines. So you're able to kind of get those experiences with different airlines where I've traveled with a few and I kind of know those really well. Delta is an excellent airline and I'm so jealous that
1: you consistently fly with them. I'm definitely a, a frequent flyer of like a majority of the airlines just because I try to find whatever's best for our schedule and time. And I usually don't think about checking Delta as often as I should, but like Southwest I find is, a great airline for traveling with a pet. They have, I've only had maybe like kind of one incident with them, but it wasn't even like a problem. It was just kind of a policy thing. Olive's head was out of the carrier when I was boarding the plane and she pulled me, the flight attendant pulled me aside and just said, hey, your dog's head needs to be in the carrier while you're boarding. But once you sit down, you can unzip it partially so you can like see inside. And I was like, oh, okay. But yeah. And that, it was like the smallest thing, but like, I know United, American Airlines do
0: Neptune. I'll talk
1: about them later.
0: I was just, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I have a story on that for later. Definitely, with what you just said, I had a very interesting experience with that. So we'll come back to that one in a little bit.
1: Yeah, and but Delta, I've noticed, has always been through and through one of the best airlines, along with Southwest, for flying with a pet. And I mean, I'm sure you can speak to that too.
0: Yeah, I love Delta. So I've traveled mostly with Delta, just because of where we're usually flying to, and you know, we fly a lot to Nashville because my family has a second house there. And I've also flown with United. I They're good, but I've definitely had a little bit more hard experiences with them versus Delta. And something that I really love, especially traveling with a Frenchie, and I feel like Frenchies are a little buffer. So, like, they do look a little different in carriers, in my opinion, versus, like, I feel like we put Olive and Hudson and carriers side by side, and they're just a little more full. And they also can weigh a little more. So one thing with Delta that I love is, like, they're more focused on how your dog fits in the carrier rather than the weight of your dog, and Hudson would not make the 20-pound cutoff if it counted the carrier, too. He, like, goes between 19 and 21 pounds. So it would be very stressful if I was trying to make the 20-pound cutoff. (laughs) It's, like, right there. (laughs) Yeah, and I think only one airline
1: one airline only requires the 20-pound. That's JetBlue and Alaska Airlines. I know that they don't have, like, a hard, like, weight limit. Only for one aircraft type they do. But most of them are about the if they can stand up and then turn around in their carrier. But even then, only... American and JetBlue, I noticed, are the ones that require that, like hardcore guaranteed to be asked.
0: Yeah. And that is not something I've really been asked for Hudson to do. And he can turn around in it, but it's not something he would do on command, I don't think. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Turn around. Turn around
1: (laughs) in that little carrier of yours while you're
0: like, where am I? (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: And that's what I love about Delta. They are. Every time I've flown with them, they are such dog people. And I really think it does, unfortunately, sometimes come down to having staff that are really into dogs and able to look at it and not already be frustrated maybe with like a dog coming up and seeing it and already having like some airlines maybe are way stricter with that. And that would make me probably very nervous if I was flying with like American knowing that they're so strict with that because I've just heard of so many people being turned away because of that. So yeah, I love Delta. They've been so great every time we travel with them.
1: Yeah, definitely recommend Southwest and Delta. Similar experience with Southwest. They focus on, their website does say uh, if they need to be able to stand up in the carry and turn around, I'm pretty sure, but they've never enforced that ever with me. The only time Would I've all ever done that. Asked, no, no way. <laughs> She'd be like, what? <laughs> She's so confused. Uh the only time we've ever been asked to demonstrate, I guess, anything like that was with United and it wasn't even stand up. It was it was the bizarrest weird situation. They were asking me to show them Olive laying down and making sure her head didn't hitch hitch, <laughs> didn't hit the top of the carrier. And I was like, that's a new one. I've never heard that before. So, yeah, it was fine. Like she made it line colors I think most dogs in that scenario if they can't stand up and turn around they can lay down without their heads hitting the top of the carrier you know but yeah had to I can think do that, that with it, his
0: tall ears too yeah
1: and it's <laughs> like I think it just kind of comes down to who's working that day which is really unfortunate but I will give credit for American Airlines though they're consistent at being the worst airline but they are also consistent at being asked or they're consistent in asking people to have their dog stand up and turn around like You don't know if United's going to do that. But you can guarantee it with American Airlines. So that's kind of a a pro-con with American Airlines. that If your dog is like the size of a Chihuahua or a Yorkie, you should fly in colors. No problems. But Cavalier, Frenchies, I mean, the Shih Tzus could be borderline. Uh, Corgis, definitely not. Like, I know people who have had a Corgi got turned away. I know so many people who get turned away from American Airlines. And it's just
0: me too. That is the most I see in my inbox for an airline that they get turned away from, and there it's always American, yeah. And I even have a BuzzFeed quiz I made
1: that says, "Will you um can you can your dog fly on American Airlines? And it asks like three basic questions of can they stand up and turn around without their head protruding out of the carrier? Um, how much I think do they weigh and just the basic questions and it will tell you yes or no if you can't because it's that simple when it comes to American Airlines and even if your dog can stand up and turn around and you're flying with American Airlines, I still don't recommend them because the experience of their customer service is not very good. (laughs) I've flown them without a dog and it was horrible. They do not care if you have a good experience. They're just there to get a paycheck. They don't care about if you're happy, sad, whatever, or your experience. You're there to get on the on the plane and get off, and if you land safely, like that's all they care about. And so, I mean, if you're looking for a customer service satisfaction guarantee, I would steer clear of American.
0: What's one thing that you had a fear of when flying with Olive for the first time, but then you did it, and now you are not afraid of it anymore?
1: Easily was her being in her carrier for not even such a long period of time, but just like her getting overwhelmed or freaked out or stressed. And I realized that because I did the carrier training with her, piece of cake. I mean, it really comes down to carrier training because if they think about it in the essence of you're learning to drive a car, if you've never driven a car before, I mean, yes, there's always going to be people who are like, oh, I did it just fine. But you know, no. Most people would be a mess if they or would get in an accident if you'd never practiced or were taught how to drive a vehicle. It's the same thing. If you don't teach your dog, especially if you don't use kennels at home or crates, that's you. that's even more of a reason you really need to practice much further in advance from your flight with a carrier because if they aren't used to it, they're going to freak out.
0: Yeah. So that's definitely something for me that we had to practice with. And that's because I've never used something like that. And to this day, I still get pretty surprised, even though we practice with a lot. I'm like, it's so out of his like ordinary day routine that when he isn't and he's pretty comfy, I'm like, wow, like the practice paid off because he's not ever really in a space like that where he has to stay in something for a long period of time. So I would say, like, definitely practicing with it. And like you say, you know, like practicing and like picking them up and carrying them and like, putting them in the car in their carrier and doing all these different things so they're used to it because when you're walking through the airport and you're carrying them and there's loud noises and then you're putting them under the seat it's like there's a lot happening for them and it's a lot of change and I feel like that's helped us a lot and the first time we traveled I practiced a little but nothing like we had practiced you know like after the fact and interesting story on my first flight actually now that I think about it and I said that We didn't practice that much, but it was before like everything got really crazy with airlines and they were really nice. And they're like, you can take him out, like put him on your lap and Hudson's out of my lap the whole flight. Like I didn't, at that time I had no idea. I didn't know that was, well, they allowed it. yeah. They were like, take him out like both ways, like there and back um, to Nashville. And this was mm-hmm. before rules got really strict and he was in his carrier a little, but not the whole time. And then after that, I did practice the carrier law because I realized like, oh, we can't do that. You know, we need, he needs to be in his carrier a lot more and needs to stay in it zipped up under the seat. But during that flight, I had no idea. So I do have pictures with Hudson on my lap, like looking out the window. He's always like, how did you do that? And I was like, oh, this is a long time ago. Like, I do not do that anymore. But, you know, the practice really helped because it's not something he's used to at all. Other than that.
1: That's really good. I think that also, I mean, with him being on your lap. People often think that emotional support animals are still a thing and they're not with airlines. And that was a thing back then too. So, I mean, it wasn't really questioned. It was, oh, it's an emotional support animal or even like people would think service dog. And that's a whole topic in itself. But since the airlines removed that emotional support animal rule in 2021, I think the end of 2021, all animals are now required to be in a carrier And then obviously to each their own when it comes to the flight tenants. I always tell people, practice them in the carrier, keep them in the carrier. And I have this thing called the WAG protocol. Like if they're in distress and people say, well, you can't ever pull them out. And I'm like, well, if your dog's obviously freaking the freak out and they're going to like potentially have a moment where they could die. I don't like saying that because it's very rare. But like for frenchies or dogs with smaller muzzles they can't regulate their body temperature as easily so they can overheat and so if they're like in distress i definitely say okay for the wag protocol you watch them you observe them then you ask the flight attendant if they if you can take them out if they say no but they're still freaking out then go you go get them out like i don't care deal with the repercussions after it does not matter get them out, <laughs> get them out and take care of them. And I mean, that's such an extreme circumstance, but unfortunately we hear stories on the news all the time of people just like not taking their dog out of the carrier because the flight attendant said no, but they're not okay. And it's like that happens. And then it kind of stems back to, you know, making sure they're trained and whatnot and knowing what is de- deemed as in distress. But I think for like Frenchie's sake and your dog, if you're, if Hudson was overheating, I hope you would take him out. <laughs>
0: so I've actually had something like that happen and it was very scary and I learned a lot and it's definitely something that now moving forward I do when I travel like I have new like I even shared on my page like what to do but pretty much I was traveling with United and right as we boarded the plane same exact thing you said was Hudson's head was out of the bag because I think we were kind of in a rush and he didn't have a moment to like lay down by himself and he's just way better if he lays down by himself and then I zip it up he's just happier he doesn't love when I like I'm like okay time to lay down so I was like okay we'll get to our seat <laughs> and his head's out and we'll be fine well right when we walked in like the flight attendant was not nice like didn't nicely pull me aside and was like hey you know was very quick to just like already was like oh, okay like she was not happy came back to the seat and I was like putting Hudson's like i was just putting him away she's like he's not away it was just, like really rude really frustrated I was kind of getting frazzled because like I had never had somebody be really rude about the situation like he wasn't even out like his head like you said like head was slightly out so I zipped him up Well, I think it was just like he was already kind of getting like a little frustrated, which he hadn't really done before. But in this moment, he was and he started to kind of like circle in his bag so he can turn around. He was (laughs) turning around in his bag a lot and he was just getting really hot. And she kind of kept coming over and I was starting to like I was definitely starting to panic. And Evan was sitting next to me. He's like, wait, why don't we ask for ice? And I was like, oh, wait, that's like that's a good idea. I didn't even think of that. And like, I was in tears almost like Hudson was, was just like, I knew I know him like he'll overheat if he does that. And Evan asked for ice and that was like game changing for us. Like, so instead of taking him out his bag right away, because I was like, I know that's not going to help really for him right this moment. Like if I take him out, he won't want to go back in, even though he's done it a million times. He's already frustrated. And I know with the flight attendant, like they're not gonna be okay with it. Like she was checking on us like every five minutes and was not making nice comments. So we got ice and I like just actually put it on his chest and behind his ears and he cooled down pretty quickly. And then he would like lick it out of my hand. Um, instead of me putting like water in there and making a mess. And he like calmed down and laid down, which helped so much. So I definitely like with Frenchies at least, I always say like ask for ice when right when you sit down. Cause I feel like that's kind of the most like overwhelming part for them you're like boarding there's a lot happening you're putting them under the seat and then I also got like a portable fan which I would travel with if I ever like needed to use it Um, but the ice helps a lot just because like on his chest like I always feel like that's where he gets really hot and then like behind his ears and it helped so much it was super overwhelming but now knowing that trick I think it wouldn't be as scary because in that moment I didn't know that trick and I didn't know like I was just overwhelmed so I didn't even think of that Where Evan was sitting next to me and kind of like gave me, you know, like a direction was like, let's try this. And that helped a lot. But it can be overwhelming because like I wanted to like please the, you know, like the flight attendant. I don't like to make people like annoyed or frustrated, but also he was really stressed out. And I knew if I didn't, couldn't get him calm soon, then we would be in like a situation where I'd have to take him out of his carrier.
1: Yeah, what a brilliant idea to use ice. I definitely have heard of people using ice before, and I think it's so smart. It's guaranteed to have on the plane most of the time. I mean, I've never been on a plane where you're like, "Yeah, I don't have ice." (laughs) But uh, you also said you do a portable fan. So I've done that before, and I want to ask: Has Hudson ever done a reverse sneeze? Yes, and then put your finger over the nose, and yeah, it's that we do for for anyone who's not. Yeah. For anyone who's not familiar with small dogs or reverse sneezing, it's basically where they start making a weird, it sounds like they're gagging almost. And it's because there's like a flap in the back of, I think their nose or mouth that kind of goes the opposite direction and they're breathing. And so it sounds like a, like a weird like sound. And so you're supposed to just put your fingers over their nose to help them just kind of reset their airway. But, uh, it, When you're flying with a small dog, sometimes the change in air pressure or like going from hot to cold can drastically trigger that. And so I remember what happened to Olive. It sounds like she's about to vomit, but I know when she's going to throw up. And I knew she wasn't, but the person sitting next to me was like, oh my gosh, your dog's going to (laughs) vomit. And I'm like, don't worry. She's just having a reverse sneeze. I was so calm. And they're like, what the heck is that? (laughs) i'm like it's all good so I, I but it was triggered by a fan because the pressure the airflow of it got like it threw it off her breathing because it was just like sudden and it put her into a reverse knee. so i realized i can't turn it on and then have it directly in her like breathing pathway it has to be like yeah. offset a little bit so it kind of gradually goes on to her um but i just didn't know if that had ever happened to hudson from either the fan or just on the plane in general
0: I actually haven't had that happen when we've been traveling. I've had it happen when we're just like at home. But that's actually a really good point to be, you know, specific where you kind of position it. I think that can be so helpful it's I mean a little off topic but even in our RV like the fan is so helpful because the temperatures can be very different it's not like you always have air conditioning on or things like that and I think if you kind of even just like have it around them before you travel it's kind of one of those things you probably have to practice with I never even like thought much about it but like if they're not used to having like something that close to them blow, like They might be like, what is this? Get it out of like my space where Hudson always like literally lays on top of it. He's like, please get me as close as I can to this thing.
1: That's super cool that you're able to find something that works for him because like I've never really done the ice thing before. I usually will do like all I've had gotten really hot on a flight with Southwest and it was she rarely gets hot. Like she has pretty good ventilation. But even Bryce and I were like, oh my gosh, this plane is so warm and I was sweating And then I was like, oh my gosh, all I was like panting. And I started carrying with me a just simple hand washcloth. And then whenever I would, if she would get warm, I would just get it wet with a cup of water and then I'd just lay it on top of her or underneath her. That way it's like a DIY cooling mat because cooling mats aren't necessarily, you can't bring them on the plane because of the gel inside of them. So it's not TSA approved unless unless you deem it as a medical device equipment for your dog. Then TSA cannot legally fight that. But it can get a little harder and tricky, so I don't recommend it. But if you really do want a brand cooling mat, you can tell them it's for medical use. So.
0: That's super interesting. That's why it's like so fun to talk to because like I have the fan but I haven't used the fan much and like even that's a good you know thought but like ice has always been our go-to um, but also knowing that you can like wet a cloth and like that's something I've done at home but you know sometimes when you get on a flight like Hudson that's only happened once when you got like that so it was like you don't yeah. really know and you don't really think about it always unless it you it happens and then you kind of had to think in that moment and that's why I think it's so fun to share those experiences because then if that happens to someone unfortunately you know they know like okay I heard someone tried this let me just jump and try that instead of like being like what do I do so speaking of ice this is so funny and not funny because I don't know how in the
1: world this like I'm so, I was so calm about it but our most recent flight Olive had an entire Starbucks drink dumped on her I was like what like so someone put their Starbucks like pink drink I don't know what it is it was something that was pink and it had ice in it and they put it on the arm between the seats And she was an old lady. So I I think that's partially why I wasn't like, ah, (laughs) but she bumped it with her elbow and it it tilted back, and all of it was under the seat, and then it just started water falling down onto the side of the plane, all onto her carrier, and all onto her, and I was like, oh my gosh, your drink is spilling on my dog, your drink is spilling on my dog, so I like pulled her carrier out really fast, and her carrier got stuck, and I was like, oh my gosh, and so I finally was able to get it out, and I pulled her out, she had like sticky stuff all over her head, I was like, oh, we just gave her a bath this morning. And I was like, Ugh. luckily, her carrier wasn't like too wet or anything like that. And it was very manageable. The flight attendant comes over and was like, what's wrong? And I was like, "Um, well, this lady's drink just spilled all over my dog. And they're like, what? Like, that's a new one. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, her, she, her drink, I just need paper towels. Can I just have some paper towels, please? And, a, and some wet, like, some wet paper towels, too, because it's sticky. <laughs> so luckily, we were able to clean it up. But I was like, wow. I don't even know how to tell my followers like how to prevent that one. But I was just like – when I was boarding the plane, I had this weird feeling. Don't put all of under the seat like right away like I usually do like just to wait a second. Because usually all like – I have like antibacterial wipes like before the pandemic happened. I would always disinfect everything just because – I've seen people change their babies on those tray tables and that's disgusting. And so I'm like, <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm not touching people's like baby poops. <laughs> anyway, and so I was like, I should just clean up my seat first and then I'll put her under. But I ignored that. And then that happened. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> and so I was just like, gosh, but there's another thing that you just, you can't prepare for every little scenario, but you just have to work with it. And Olive was chill. She was fine. And I didn't get mad at her. She was so, she felt so bad. She felt so bad, and I was like, I'm not going to make this situation worse by getting mad at her because she didn't do it on purpose, but it's just one of those things that you just – you never know.
0: You really don't. I feel like there's just – it's just like us traveling, and then, you know, you add that layer in of traveling with a dog, and so many things can happen, and it's just being okay with those things happening or handling them and being okay with handling them when they do happen. Like you said, like, it wasn't ideal. You were not, you know, super happy about it, but you also knew, like, okay, things happen we're just going to roll with it. It's not going to ruin the rest of our trip.
1: So something I've been asked is what do I do if my dog gets like kind of distressed on the airplane and not necessarily in like a, they're overheating, but just like kind of, I don't know, start fidgeting and can't get comfortable and this won't stop like moving. And maybe it's because they want to sit on your lap or they're just not used to being in the carrier. I don't know what the scenario is. But recently, we all t- took one of her longer flights. It was actually when we were coming back from Florida with you guys (laughs) and she really wanted to get out of her carrier. And I was really worried she had to go to the bathroom, but I was like, no, she's fine. Like I made sure she went like, we're good. I think she's just not comfortable because I mean, when you're on a flight for a while, I'm sure she's just not the most comfortable, but she was fine. She would calm down and she really knows how to work me. And that's the thing with dogs is you have to make sure that you're not always giving in to them because they learn. They understand. If you take them out once, they're going to learn that they can maybe get out another time And so, this last time we were flying, I was, like, so uncomfortable. (laughs) And so, I took my shoe off. And I try not to do – I've never done this before. But I stuck my foot in her carrier. And I had her snuggle with my foot. And so, like – but sometimes I'll reach in and, like, let them hold my hand. Like, or, like, hold my hand. Like, I'll, like, let them, like, feel me. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, like, can bring them so much comfort is – making sure that they can feel you, see you, smell you. I mean, some people I would recommend you could put like a little like blanket in there that smells like you that you slept with or having like a toy. Now, I don't recommend having too much stuff in their carrier because a you're taking up from their space inside, but then also if they do get warm easily, that's not going to help keep them cool because blankets are designed to keep warm. And but that was something I noticed really helped and then I was able to, you know, help her out and it was those little things that you don't think of if your dog's getting kind of crazy, but just checking in on them, making sure that you can just put your hand inside the carrier and let them know that you're okay, you're good, and just try not to take them out.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, that's when you said that. I was like, wait, I haven't done the foot one, but I have done it where I, I put my hand in his carrier so many times. Like during the flight, one, if you're ever worried about their breathing, I put my hand on Hudson all the time because I mean, I know he's good, but it's one of those like really good tricks. You can just kind of put your hand on them and you can see how they're breathing very easily. Like if you mm-hmm. can't, you can just feel you know, their stomachs it. or something like yeah. that when people ask me, they're like, how do you check on him? I'm always like, I put my hand on him and you'll know like if he's breathing and like he normally does, like I know how he is. But also it makes him feel content and happy and like knows he knows I'm there, like he's checking in. And if I don't check in on him every so often, he'll kind of be like, hey, like I can see his little head. Like, why haven't you checked in on me? And then I'll check in on him. Something I have learned though with Hudson is if, like you said, if you ever take them out of their carrier, they'll like do that if i've ever like put my hand in and then unzip it where he can like poke his head out he thinks that's okay so i had to like completely stop doing that because anytime i put my hand in he would hit the top of the like carrier or the zippers where my hand was through and it would just slowly like open um so yeah, I had it would to like kind pop of, so it's like
1: sliding open right yeah
0: so i had to exactly. kind of stop that because he thought when i was with my hand in, that was me saying oh it's okay to put your head out um so i had to like stop that one because he Exactly. And I always tell people don't
1: do that if your dog is, can't handle not coming out of the carrier. Like if you yeah. think your dog is going to try and pop out or like get out, then I don't recommend that. But yeah, it's good that you are aware of that with Hudson because I mean for Olive, I think that was really the only time she's ever wanted to get out and it was like over a 6-hour flight. So I think that that was partially why. Um but it's really interesting to see how every dog Tries to finagle their way, or like they know you, they know how to like they, work yeah. your heart. And she'll look at me, she will look at me with those glossy eyes. And my husband's like, Don't do it, don't give in. Like, this isn't even just like flying or anything like that. This could be at home, and she'll just be like, I'm like, How can I not? Like, do you see this? she's so cute like, I can't. you gotta like you gotta remember like you, you gotta stay firm you gotta be alpha I'm so bad at being alpha
0: I'm usually alpha yeah me, he totally works me too and the funny thing is too if I, I like when I was doing that and he like thought he could get out he didn't want to get all the way out like he liked his carrier he just kind of wanted his head out to be like hey I can see you okay I'm good and he would like fall asleep with his head like on the side of the carrier, just oh. like so you could see me. But then I was like, okay, I have to be better at not always like opening it when we were first doing it because it wasn't a big deal back then because I was like, I don't want him to think that's okay. So, you know, you just have to kind of make sure that you're setting those rules because they definitely know how to work you. Well, at least Hudson does. Definitely. So, can I ask
1: a question? Do you give Hudson any type of CBD or any calming like things? And I, I, a lot of people ask me if they should sedate their dog, give them, like a sedative. And I, I usually try to not advise giving those, but I think if you talk to your vet and your vet says, okay, then do what your vet says. But I'm curious, do you do anything like that for
0: Hudson? I've only ever traveled with pet CBD and I've only used it a few times. I don't have to use it every flight. I don't just give it to him just to give it to him, but I have done it like the one time he was getting worked up after he was like calmed down a little, like I gave him a little to kind of just help him really relax. That's really the only thing I've ever... Brought with us or used for him, he's never needed anything more, and I feel like that's worked really well for us.
1: Mm-hmm. I for our first few flights, I tried the our vet gave us a a mild sedative, and I did not like it. Olive, I mean, she was fine, but I was really it was me. I was worried about her. Her, I just I didn't like it. I I want her to be aware of what's going on, and especially because I knew we were going to be traveling a lot, and I didn't want her to not feel like she couldn't have control over her own sleeping, her own body. I mean, when dogs are on sedatives and if they're not used to it, they can cause, you know, bowel leakage or just those little things. They can get tired. They can start barking. They, it, it's just, you don't know unless you're familiar with them. That's why I always say, talk to your vet because they'll know what's best. And most of the time I've noticed vets prescribe random medications for sedatives. Like people tell me a, a vast variety of sedatives. And I'm like, and I'll, I, I know some of them have harder side effects than others, and I'm like, I don't recommend that one. Like there's one called like tra- it's not Trazodone.
0: I don't know. I know you're talking, talking about.
1: Yeah, it's I've something heard of it like that. It's it's not I don't recommend it. I mean, unless you're pet. I can't I'm not gonna go against the doctors, but I I've heard more side effects from it than like I think ace is a I think a more mild sedative, but I don't use those. I use CBD like you do. Um, I love our CBD. It also helps with dogs who have, for cavaliers, they have, um, it's called Chiari like malformation or Syringomyelia, SMCM. It's a the common Really getting all the big the-
0: words in over there today. <laughs> Trying. I really, well, it, the
1: thing is, Siri doesn't know what I'm saying if I can't say it right. And so I'm like having to really pronunciate it so she can try to spell out when I, I don't know how to spell these things, So, but I can say them. So if I can say it, Siri will spell it for me. But these, those um, little things that the dogs can have helps with releasing like any pressure that can build up in their head. Because especially if they're dehydrated, it's really important to hydrate your dog before flying. Um, Don't you give Hudson IVs?
0: Yeah, I do fluids for Hudson. I actually talk a little bit about this on my page with a lot more information of the name and everything, but it's helped us a lot. So pretty much I don't do it every time, but what I'll do is I'll go to the vet before we travel and I kind of see where Hudson's at if he's dehydrated at all. Um he definitely can get dehydrated a little easier. And most of the time we'll end up doing one just because of Hudson and the things he's gone through. And it helps us so much, helps him stay hydrated. I do give him enough time because it does make them pee a lot. It's not like I do it like right before we travel, um, like the same day. But we love it. And I shared it on my page because it helped us so much. And I did say like, go ask your vet, see if your dog even needs it. Cause it's not something you're going to need every time. But like you said, they do get more dehydrated when you travel. So for us, it's worked really well. That's awesome. Yeah. I think
1: that, I mean, you can use coconut water, just make sure you check the ingredients. Cause some coconut waters can have like um, sugar in it. And then bone broth is a great one. If your dog doesn't like drinking a lot of water, like all of really like, I have a hard time getting her to drink water. So we have to make it enticing. We'll like marinate cucumbers in water, marinate soak. I don't know what the word is. Infuse. <laughs> um, we'll use those. But CBD is always a great, well-rounded one. You just, I have a whole blog post on CBD um, on all the traveler.com that talks about it. I know that a lot of dog parents use CBD and it's, there, there's so many benefits to it. You just got to make sure that you're using the right ones and testing it before your flight. <laughs> don't yes. do it the day you fly if you've never used it. That goes with anything, I think really. I yeah. Mean, don't, Not use the carrier the day of your flight, like being the first time to try everything. I say start traveling with using the travel carrier. I recommend at least three months before your flight. That's a – people are like, whoa, that's a far way away. I'm like, but the sooner you have – even if you don't have a flight booked, start training. If Even if you have the thought of traveling with your dog. And then when it comes to like CBD, I say at least a week out. That way you can really see how they react. But I even maybe say recommend – even before that, I would – see just so you really can see how they re- react to it because sometimes cbd can make dogs stomach upset and you just don't want yeah that is to not
0: what on you on want plane. <laughs> that is not what you want on a plane <laughs> oh gosh
1: yeah and mm. i mean there's a lot of things you can do to really help them have a comfortable flight and you- i always see the worst case scenario stories on the news and it really makes me sad because you don't hear about the good stories because they're not newsworthy but like you hear about that horrible situation with united and wasn't a frenchie that like got put in the overhead bin yeah that was very sad it's so sad and like ugh, i could get into that for quite some time like what <laughs> but yeah i mean i always i say if you're on an airplane and someone is telling you to do something that you don't feel as com- like that doesn't make sense for example if a flight attendant's telling you to put your dog in an overhead bin and, like, it's your first time flying, like, we've talked about this. And you said, like, for me, I get really overwhelmed and I just don't want to make people upset. And so that can be something that's hard for you. And in your gut, like, you ha- you're the only one that can be an advocate for your dog. So if you feel that it's not something that's right, then maybe you don't fly. Maybe you don't bring them. Yeah. I don't know. But only you can be an advocate for your dog because they can't be. And so you have yeah. to be the person to do that.
0: That's why it helps so much to go into it with a plan and kind of knowing what you're getting into. So you're ready to have those situations that, you know, maybe are a little harder, or you know, you're not ready for it. And that's kind of, it's kind of off topic, but kind of the same thing. The first time I ever traveled, I, Hudson had already had spinal surgery and I knew he had like a rod and like pins in his back. And I remember thinking like, is he going to go off when we walk through the, thing I was like I don't know like is that a thing and I never even like made it like I was like probably not right but in my head I was like I'm gonna be prepared and I had his x-ray screenshot so like yeah that was like really extra but in my head I was like that's taking that scenario out of the situation because like what if that does happen and I can't find it and I'm like pulled aside and I'm freaking out I'd rather just have it and if they don't ask great they never did ask it doesn't you know like he's fine but I didn't know the first time I traveled so it's like just over preparing I feel like your first flight helps with then those things that maybe can happen and most of the time it goes smoothly but you just it's better to not have any worries like I remember I was worried about that but then once I had the pictures I was like okay if it happens like I have these like I'll just show them and we'll move on but you know it's just like being prepared helps so much because of those things that can happen
1: absolutely and like I like how you said with when you were talking about the IV thing that you don't do it the day of because it makes them have to go to the bathroom and you're aware of your dog's body. And I think that being aware of your dog's eating habits, their sleeping schedules, their bathroom routines is really important when it comes to flying with them. And it sounds so overwhelming. Like it's like, is this even worth it? But it's so routine. Once you do it the first time, you're like, wow, I built that up for nothing. Like that was easy. That was a piece of cake. And maybe your first time wasn't a good experience. And then talk to us, ask us questions. Like we can figure out what went wrong. And Like I found out someone was traveling with their dog and every time they flew, like they practiced the carrier for a long time and their dog just kept freaking out. And we found out that it was where they were sitting on the airplane and they were sitting towards the back, which is the loudest part and the bumpiest part. And the dog didn't like how loud it was being. And when they finally learned that if they sat towards the center of the plane near the wings or towards the front and they certain aircrafts also have a little bit better of a sound barrier, I guess. So it's not so loud. It was. Night and day. And it's like those things are what help you understand. But I don't expect everyone to know, oh, this plane is going to be quieter than this plane, or me sitting in row Q is going to be quieter, less bumpier than row B. I don't know. I mean, I think B would be considered first class. I don't expect everyone to fly first class every time they fly, but like F or G, <laughs> row F or G. I, I don't know. But I just think that those things are why we're here. So ask us these questions because we fly routinely with our dogs. And that's why we're trying to be an advocate for you. So that way you can experience life more because you don't have to leave your dog. You don't have to board them. You don't have to stress about leaving them with a sitter if that's not your style. And I know some people prefer that. And that's totally fine. If you don't want to travel with your dog, then that's fine. I think almost it's like if you don't feel comfortable doing it and yet And there's a different level, I think, of comfortability. Like, there's like a nervous comfortable, but then there's like, I don't trust myself. Like, that's when you need to know, okay, am I not trusting myself and not bringing your dog? Okay, that can be a good decision because then it could end up being a bad scenario for you and your dog. And just kind of working through those emotions and figuring out what is the best scenario for me to travel and then for your dog.
0: I totally agree. I think. Going into it with that mindset, really looking at what you're comfortable with and figuring out are you more nervous because you haven't done it or it's just not the right situation for you. And I think that's something that we really strive on our page to share all our different experiences and different tips to help you feel more confident in traveling. And after you've seen everything, if you're like, yep, I'm ready to try it. But if you're like, "Mm, that feels really overwhelming, this doesn't feel like the right fit for me make the best decision for you and your dog. And that's really what's most important. Going off of that,
1: when I've started talking to you about traveling with our dog, it was really cool to see how, like I said this earlier, the differences in our travel styles, because it's not a one size fits all, not one carrier will fit or be comfortable for another dog. And that's something we realized when we were together recently, we were checking out these two different carriers for our dogs because I'm a huge advocate of the Sherpa carrier. It's, it's well-rounded. It's, it's simple. And yet we realized that it might not be the best one for Hudson, but it wouldn't not be. It's just you have this one that has a fold-out thingy. <laughs> it, it like expands. It expands. It's an expandable carrier. That's There we go. <laughs> and so, but like that's great for dogs, I think, that are a little bit thicker. I mean – And the Sherpa one, though, is bendable. And I mean, there's just so many varieties and pros to both carriers. And it's about figuring out what your taste is and what your preferences are for your dog. And a lot of people will think that, you know, only one carrier is the best carrier. And, you know, that may not always be the case. That's fine. And this whole kind of thing I'm talking about goes into traveling itself. There's not a wrong or right way as long as you're following the rules and the policies Your dog is comfortable and happy and you're feeling good. That's what's important. And people will give their advice and they'll say, try this and you might try it and you might not love that. And that's fine. It's finding your rhythm and finding your groove when it comes to to traveling with your dog.
0: I think that's what's so amazing about social media and different platforms like this, like podcasting and our YouTube and our Instagrams and all of those things is being able to see different experiences and different, you know, your favorite carrier versus my favorite carrier and somebody else's and have people be able to like look at all these options and then find the best for them. And just like you said, just because you're, in love with this carrier it doesn't mean you're saying this is the only carrier you should use and when i'm saying i love my carrier i'm not saying this is perfect for everyone i've just found what works for us and i've tried other carriers and for i'm sure it's the same with you if you find something that works it's like why switch it up right now if it works it's great i'm going to recommend this we've had a great experience with it and i think that's the same with like flying with delta versus you flying with southwest mostly or whatever it is it's like we've had like i've had the most experience with delta First other airlines, just because I'm comfortable with it, I like it. It works really well for us. But that doesn't mean there aren't other great airlines, and that doesn't mean that I'm like, no, not Southwest. Like I just rarely have traveled with Southwest. Like I told you this the other day, I was like, I've only traveled Southwest a few times on myself. Like it overwhelmed me the first time because it's so different than Delta, but I really liked it. There was not anything bad about it. And I think that's where sometimes even on like our social media pages, we talked about this, where it's like we've said something and people are like, no, you're wrong. Like that's not the best carrier, and you're like, well, I'm not saying it's the f- best carrier in the entire world I'm just saying this is the best carrier for us and that's why I'm recommending it because I found it works really great and if you want to try it try it out and I think that's what's can get kind of confusing sometimes but I think is something that's really great to talk about is being like hey we love this but that doesn't mean it might be the right fit for you always
1: exactly and that's how it is with traveling with a dog it's not a one size fits all and if you have questions about traveling with your dog let us know we would love to answer your questions we do it
0: often i had so much fun discussing this topic today with you it's so much fun to talk about the different ways that we travel and the experiences that we have had if you have any questions about traveling with your dog please send us a message and if you have any fun topic ideas that you really want us to talk about please let us know